More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. When Pete and Kathy Delantar established Nature's Legacy, sustainability wasn't the buzzword that it is now. In the Philippines, very few people were familiar with the term, and the concept of upcycling was unheard of. But Delantars didn't let that stop them. Now, three and a half decades later, Nature's Legacy products, manufactured using upcycled waste materials, are some of the most sought after in the interior design and furniture industries worldwide. Not only are these products sustainable, but they also reinforce the company's socially responsible values in how they are made. According to the founders, creating an environment where their people can thrive is equally important as maintaining a sustainable value chain. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, Pete and Kathy Delantar, as well as their son Carlo, discuss their vision of sustainability, their innovative products, and their commitment to social improvement. Enjoy this episode with Pete, Kathy, and Carlo. Can we have a little bit of the story of the beginnings of Nature's Legacy? Because I know that it's actually quite an extraordinary story. The beginning of the business uh, fully started due to limited resources. And uh, we have to compete locally and find our niche in the manufacturing space. We decided to do it differently. Hmm. So when we started our own business, we experienced that what happened in the past, we would like to do it differently. And we would like to be more uh, concerned on uh, sourcing of our materials, the usage, the wastage, and um, find a better way of doing it right. So that's how our business has started. We, we started together, me and Kathy. And at the beginning of our business, it was already thought that we have to start with uh, being sustainable. I mean, even from the design point of view of the products that we're making, we already consider how it's going to be made, what material to use, and what are the process involved. It's already there from the very beginning because due to that learning that we had when we were still working. Why did they make it hard for themselves like this from the beginning and sort of like decided to immediately implement the sustainability side? So what made them think like that at the time where the rest of the industry really wasn't thinking like that? Great question. I think uh, while you were saying that question, memories just flash back, came back to when I was a kid. I still remember that when I was growing up, majority of the time, my parents weren't at home mainly because of all the trade shows they have to go through. And during that time, that was the golden era of Philippine furnishing. However, going back, taking a step back and understanding how they started, there was definitely a need to innovate, more so caring about that environmental aspect, but also social. Not because they knew about sustainability during that time. It was more of a mindful decision. 
we felt like, you know, this concept of, of karma, this concept about giving and taking, we can't just do that. It's not sustainable. But during that time, it was more of a of understanding that, you know, whatever we do take, we need to know what possible consequences could happen down the line. So I think uh, because of that, I still remember the first material that my parents started. They were looking for a way, I think historically speaking too, that was the time when at first they were starting with rattan furniture. And then the Philippine government just stopped and said, no more logging for now. And that whole industry just went down. So they did learn from that process and realized in order to be competitive, we need to look for locally sourced products, a truly driven proprietary type of processing. And that way they could stand out from the crowd. And then from there, that philosophy really garnered towards the other materials that really created uh, this value-driven approach of what it meant to create a sustainable company. So one, conscience, values. Second part was to make sure that whatever we created as an ecosystem from the workers, from the people that rely on the livelihood all the way down to the next generation, how do we make sure that's being taken care of? So, you know, to to put it in summary, I I do believe that they created this business as a tool for good. But, you know, in terms of like what the new words have come out, sustainability, circular economy, it really... Uh, gives this uh, thesis that they've seen that before, but not really understanding what those terms were before. But coming to terms now with what it means to be sustainable, it's definitely shown that their values were ahead of their time. When did you start realizing, okay, we're starting to get an edge in the market? Yeah, actually, going back to what Carlo mentioned, that uh, we were developing a few materials and then decided to develop something that is different, that is a locally sourced material. So that was the turning point. And we launched this product using that material. Actually, it's called Nature's Gas. It's our flagship material that we use in our different products. Going back 25 years ago, you know, it was not an easy thing. When we display our products, and tell them that this is coming from a scrap or a waste or a timber uh, residue, whatever, cast away. They would laugh and said, oh, yo, you must be kidding me. And who would buy this? I mean, and, you know, as the years move on and we were creating new product, because I think the creativity played a very big role in our development. So, they were surprised, but still they were not believing at all. They said, ah, it's not going to sell. But um, as we started to convince our buyer, and they realized that this is something that they have not seen before, and when they think about how the process was made, it drew more interest. And just for example, one customer, the first one to buy it was a German customer. And they understand sustainability very well, recycle, environment conscious. The first customer that took it immediately sold it worldwide because they have a worldwide network. And that's not it. The rest was history. But it was difficult to convince. But later on, 
as we continue to develop and we saw the product, the material in the market already, especially that mm-hmm. the first customer was a very known customer. Mm-hmm. So they believe, they started to believe. And then slowly and slowly, it took a while, maybe 25 years ago. And now there are still people who are unbelieving, but they, we have more mm-hmm. customers that believe. So the crisis has made the the fast tracking of all this sustainable faster than we did in 25 years. Just in one year, people were looking fast. Oh, let's look for sustainable thing. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more on how you lifted the talent of the people that work with Nature's Legacy as well through this discovery process. You know what's interesting while you were saying that, the first thing that came to my mind is like how Filipinos are fairly familial. We have familial traits. We're very hospitable. It's definitely a matriarchal society here for, for the Philippines. And, you know, growing up, family is such an embedded value for, for anyone here. So education in a familial sense, it's, you know, uh, Filipino families, they really work hard just to make sure their kids, you know, grow up and be successful for that generation to prosper. And translating that for the company with Nature's Legacy and emphasis on nature's legacy, like the legacy part is a big emphasis here. If I may add, our facility actually is located in the countryside. And the first thing that we did when we moved to the countryside was to make sure that we employ the local people. And one of the important things to share with the local people, teaching them the, the values that we we do and sharing them where we want to go is the turning point for these people. And what we have taught them in sustainability and maximizing resources also went to their home. Can you imagine that even at home, they educate their children, they practice sustainability or minimize wastage. So it means that Doing is really important because they see what is the effect of what you do. Kathy, can you tell us a little bit from the female perspective in looking at this industry and has it become easier for you? What is it like to have this mixed workforce with all the women in it? Like, has it been an advantage for you in pursuing sustainability, having so many women in the workforce? Maybe you can give us that perspective. I'd love that. So, when we started to have the business, uh, doing uh, I mean, more orders, the first thing that we employ are the with no education, no experience, and it's so hard really to, 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 to train them from scratch. But because we do feel that these are the people who are not welcome in the working force, So with that mindset, we told ourselves, how can we help? To make the story short, we found a place. So because we have the ample space, we dream right away. This is the factory. Then a five to 10 minutes walk will be their housing. The original concept is to be near to work and home so that their money 
will be more food on the table rather than on transportation expense. Mm -hmm. That was the original motive. So as a mother, as a female, we're trying to be a good, you know, as Pete have said, a good example, walk the talk. But it's not that easy, actually. Of course. <laughs> it takes course. a lot of effort and it takes a lot for over three decades. We're still learning. We're still improving. We still hear the same problem. But at least it's, there's a little improvement day by day, year to year. And <laughs> it's just happened. It just happened naturally. What have you put in place as owners to make sure that, you know, every step of the way at the expansion of the business, you can adhere to your values, you can adhere to your methods? What have you done in terms of governance around the sustainability now that there are better benchmarks, I would say, in the world? Now that you're not the only ones anymore, maybe, or the only known case to yourselves, like how does it work now? Well, the goal before, and this really came from, from both my parents, was when we think about manufacturing, you create something in bulk, right? The amount of materials you use, the amount of time, like the productivity is pretty high and efficiency. However, in terms of the yield, you want it one is to one, right? You want it as high as it could possibly be. However, in real life situations, that's like, that's shooting for the stars. So mm -hmm. we try to achieve that. However, because it's uh, really hard to achieve, we end up figuring out that we still end up with waste. How do we use that waste into utilizing it to other things? Now, stemming with that concept, we think about the next step, right? The governance. So the governance really involves the values. However, the long-term aspect of it, because we are still uh, family-owned, we're figuring out how do we become relevant in a global market? We're exporting. Mm -hmm. And that means that retail brands purchase and, you know, we come off as a white label company. However, we're trying to build our own story, lift it up so that people would appreciate the value out of it. Now, I think when we think about long term, the innovation uh, and design of what we're doing has been truly appreciated, most especially now that, you know, Nature's Legacy is now cradle to cradle certified, the first platinum Cradle to Cradle certified material is Nature's Cast, which is the agroforest product and material. And of course, B Corp is very important. Now, the, the only thing that we're trying to figure out now is because in the Philippines, certifications is definitely not something that has an economic incentive for now. However, in terms of an export standard, we need this. So we were inclined to do this. But in terms of the documentation of what it means to be governing such values is something that we are currently working. However, it helps that we're, we are improving and these certifications help us benchmark what we need to improve. Although we do know areas that we do believe we've been doing, however, you know, proving it and documenting it is a different thing. Did you ever get discouraged along the way, I would say, is the big question, like, you know, where you felt like, okay, now we're just trying too much to do it differently than the rest. Like, tell us about that. What we have faced along the way 
and the challenges, discouragement, you know, it's endless. Mm-hmm. It's uh, even to this date, there are still a lot of discouragement, like uh, a very simple requirement to comply. We don't get any answer. A very justified intention that we are doing this because it involves safety and health is not appreciated. The utilization of our materials used in the present industry and the waste are being used in another industry. For example, if we are doing home furnishings, we are also doing panels for ceilings that has acoustics properties and it has been tested in Japan. And little by little, they will say, I don't think it will work. But uh, because we remain focused on the belief of what we do is for the good, it won't uh, let us back out. We have Mm -hmm. to continue and only to find out that they will come back and said, yeah, you're right. We were not ready yet during that time, but now you're right. Uh, Actually, there were a lot of layers. It's so, sometimes uh, you feel so bad before then, and sometimes you become rebellious, (laughs) in a sense, (laughs) because uh, there was a time that whole industry lobby against us. It's a David and Goliath fight. But we never were afraid because we know that what we are doing is, it's just plain common sense, good intention. So we were never afraid because it's so good to help. What would be Nature's Legacy's advice to those business owners around the world that would like to adhere more to standards such as yours? Most of the time, it's either it starts with a leader. If it's not the leader, usually someone from CSR or HR that's completely passionate and is willing to challenge the, the status quo. But however, you still have to go back to the culture of the company and if the company is willing to even think about that. And we're seeing more of the hard-headed ones that are really trying to push the pedal and saying, we don't need to change. But because of the resources, they realize that it's definitely finite. There's definitely limited resource. And if they don't change, disruption is going to happen. So if you're building something for this generation, you might as well think about the three next generations to come. And that will give you a lot of incentive and motivation to change things internally and externally. I just want to add a very simple thing on advice for companies who who would like to embrace sustainability. Um, I think the first thing you will do is look at what's around you. Capture that low-hanging fruit. Mm. There's very little effort. What I'm saying is it's a small step to sustainability. I mean, you can have a, a market develop just within your area to start with. Then 
expand to another market or you have uh, one product to begin with. I mean, with, uh, with a resource that is available to you right away. You don't have to reinvent the world. Mm-hmm. And then start to create yourself. I mean, you have to have a certain mark. It was a pleasure meeting you all. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Ramya. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.